Good morning. Today is the 17th day of Shvat, 5783, corresponding to Wednesday, February 8th, 2023. We are on the beginning of chapter 25 in the Tanya. We are summarizing in this chapter much of what we've done in the previous chapters, and we will be exploring more of this concept of the verse that we saw a few chapters ago, Ki that this thing is very near to you. So, if this thing is very near to you, then why is it so hard? Um, why should it be such a challenge to stay connected to God if it's already in front of us? Now, there may be many arguments to be had for why that is. Um, I could just offer, for example, that Usually the things closest to us or right in front of our face are the things that we tend not to see. But for the Alter Rebbe, more importantly since we are looking at the Tanya, it's a message to his people to suggest that we should be able to overcome any struggle that we have. So we've looked at the notion of a spirit of folly, that sin happens because of some emotional, irrational state of being, that how could we ever want to separate from God? So it must be that there's something outside of us causing this to occur. And so when he reminds us, Ki that this thing is close, this thing is near to you, what he is saying is that we have the capability of overcoming this without too much difficulty. And what is this thing? What is this davar? The recognition that the love of God is remaining in the in our hearts, right? That hidden love that we've spoken about. And that we do not want to be separated from God, which is the fear. And so these things are sitting there for us in our hearts. Um, and... That in itself should cause us to have the ability to withstand the trials that are put before us and should help us turn away from evil, from Ra. Sounds simple, right? Now, if it were so simple, we wouldn't be in this situation where we're going back and forth on the subject and we have about five or six chapters just on this particular area alone. So I would argue with you, it's not so simple. Um, I was actually just reading a few minutes before this, this very interesting vignette that Rabbi Abraham Tversky writes about in his book. Uh, I'm sorry, not Rabbi Tversky. Rabbi Chaim Kanievsky's book on Tehillim, published by Art Scroll. There's this story that's told, I think he's quoting from... Uh, work of Musser, and it says as follows, there was a king who visited a city that had a river flowing through its center. An elderly resident of the city mentioned to the king that he had lived his entire life on one side of the river. He had never crossed the other side of the, of the town. So what did the king do? The king said, okay, fine. I have a command for you. Don't cross the river. If you'll cross it, you'll be put to death. And the king put guards in front of the old man. And what happened... On that very day, the person crossed the river. So he was arrested, and he was brought before the king. And the king said, I don't understand. 
you never crossed this river before. What made you suddenly want to do it? You've been living here your entire life. You said it yourself. I never crossed this river. What changed? Guy says like this. He goes, I can't explain it. I really wasn't interested until you told me not to, and then I couldn't help myself. Or, if you want to make it much simpler, when a person's standing on a high place, don't tell them don't look down, because what happens, most of us will look down. What's happening here, in the words of Tanya, is it's very close to you, it's very easy. There's a love of God and there's a fear of God. Don't do this thing. Well, if you tell me not to do this thing, I'm going to want to do this thing, and I'm going to be fighting myself not to do this thing. I'm going to overcome it, hopefully, but it's going to be a fight. And so what his point is that because there's these prohibitions or opposite, somebody tells me to do something, I'm going to want to resist it. Yes, present company included. Um, it's always much easier to like say, I don't want to listen to you than to actually listen, even if it's the right, especially when it's the right thing to do. There's this push away from. Okay, so if that's the case... How do we bridge that gap, right? So we've talked about this before as well, and here's the other, and he reviews this piece as well. The way to bridge the gap is twofold. If it's something minor, if it's something like the spirit of folly again, the gap can be bridged. You're done. Um, not much different than the polar opposite situation, which I reviewed the other day. If I'm in prayer and I am close to God, I'm feeling God, I'm connecting to God, etc. And then I walk away from prayer and life goes on like normal. It was in the moment, and then I went back to things. If I sin in the moment, break something, I mess up, I don't do, I do something I shouldn't. Right? It could be that it's a temporary barrier, and then I'm, I come out of it, and we move on. Or, I have work to do. And he uses the analogy, again, of idolatry. He uses that sin of avodazara, this foreign worship, that says, oh, I can bridge the gap in that situation in the event that I do tshuva. So there's a problem. And I love this paradox. I think it's a very interesting paradox. The Talmud says, as he quotes from Tractate Yoma, if a person says, I'm going to sin, I'm going to repent, you know, I'm going to make this mistake. I really want to, but don't worry, I'm going to make it better. And I'm going to do it, and then I do this again, right? I keep doing this, right? I'm like, I think I'll mess up. Oh, no, I can always make it up later. Then at some point, they're not going to have the opportunity to do so. Or, as we've read in our Torah portions a couple weeks back, right? After the first um, five plagues, when Pharaoh changes his mind, when Pyro changes his mind, it says that, he hardened his heart. After the sixth plague, it says, and God hardened his heart. Well, what's the change? So there's tons of debate on the subject. One interpretation, which I particularly gravitate towards, is that it wasn't so much that God changed Pharaoh's heart. He changed his heart so many times that he basically lost the ability to, to make the, the decision of letting them go. It wasn't any more, it wasn't really just taking away free will. It was the loss of free will because he had changed his will. Um... So the Talmud has this notion. So what do we do with that? So the Alter Rebbe says, no, it's not that I can't repent. It's that I don't have the support to repent. We had talked about in the previous chapters how a lot of this is dependent upon the relationship between us and God and that God is an aid to our growth. 
But if we worship outside of what we're supposed to do, if we are idolatrous, right, of Odasara, if we, if we perform this foreign worship, we separate ourselves from God. And if we separate ourselves from God, we don't have the aid of God in, in the process of getting better, of our growth. We don't have that support mechanism. That's what it means if I say I'll sin and repent, I won't be able to, is that I won't have the strength to repent anymore. All right. So with that, I think I just want to reiterate <clears throat> for this part one, um, very interesting thought on that last piece. Can't do it alone. I, I think that one of the things that the Tanya is really driving home, I've seen this in a couple places, and I really found this message here. Again, my own take. If we are a composite of the animal and the divine soul, we are partly of the divine soul. If we are partly a divine soul, then we have God's support in this process. And that's what we have to look for. We are not here alone. We, we are in relationship our entire lives. Our spiritual growth is a one of relationship. It's not one of solitariness. I think it carries forth in, in our human relationships too. I don't think we can distinguish that factor either. I think we have to be very mindful that when we are trying to grow spiritually, it is a solitary journey in the sense of it's our own growth, but we can never do it alone. We need the support of our friends. We need the support of our loved ones. We need the support of teachers, whether real or in my opinion, or in book form, right? We need the ability to find ways of growth that truly, truly support us in our, in our goals and our missions. We need a coach. We need a chaplain. We need a spiritual guide. So I'll make a quick pitch. That's what I'm here for too, right? So my role, my, my job, my, my new beginning spiritual coaching is that. It's that I am that person who can be with you on your journey of growth, on your journey of discovery. And so I think what the Alter Rebbe is saying to us, coming back to the Tanya, is that when we explore these messages, that's why you put this in book form, right? Go back to the beginning. I'm being your Rebbe through writing. It's not as good as in person, but I'm being your Rebbe in writing. And I think here is a great example. These last few chapters, this great example so far of Right, just like we are in relationship with God, just like we're in relationship with others to help us grow, so too we must always recall that we are in relationship with God and God can aid us. If we don't connect to that relationship, that's when we lose that strength and resolve to move forward. So with that, I want to wish everybody a wonderful day. Um, and it's actually a very auspicious day in our family. It's my older son's 13th birthday on the uh, English calendar. Which means that he's almost 13 on also the Hebrew calendar and will be a bar mitzvah soon. So I we'll wish him a happy birthday and a very power, uh, important milestone. And may he also continue on his journey um, forward in life, growing spiritually, emotionally, intellectually. Um, I'm looking forward to the next steps in his journey. And I'm not sure he'll ever hear this, but if he does, I'm very proud of where he's gotten to so far and Looking forward to more moments of celebration together. With that, I want to wish everybody else a wonderful day, and uh, we'll continue tomorrow.